comes St. Moritz, Leslie Circum hands and heels ride. She just points him in the right direction. He's going to keep his unbeaten record. And Lady Spencer, you've got the Kenya Guineas. And here comes Cranley to be second. Scott is going to get third. And uh, fourth is going to go to Ripon. The winner, horse number five, St. Moritz. Well, that was the running of the Kenya Guineas on Sunday. And St. Moritz was an unbackable favourite. And it won like that. And if you have a look on social media or... Uh, look it up on YouTube. It's quite fascinating. I haven't seen much of uh, Kenyan racing before. and uh, the, the track is rustic, to say the least, but it looked like there was a decent crowd there. And included in that crowd was Francesca Kamani, who is online to tell us what it was like and what the racing scene is like over there. And it's great to catch up with Cheska once again. Good morning, our time, Cheska. Good mo- evening, your time. How are you? Yeah, morning, Michael. Um, I'm really well, thank you. I've literally just got back, so we landed a couple of hours ago into a very chilly Heathrow compared to the sunshine of uh, of Kenya. And I tell you what, it was just an awesome experience. Um, like you said, you don't know much about Kenyan racing. Well, that's because it's not a massive racing scene. But honestly, we met some of the nicest people, and the whole trip was just fascinating from start to finish. How did you end up going over there for the Guineas? So... I actually used to live in Kenya quite a while ago. I went out when I was like 18 for a while to do some um, horseback safaris with some people called the Vorse Boys. Mm. And it's such an incredible country. And that was amazing. So you'd literally be riding along, galloping amongst the giraffes and having oh, little wow. standoffs with the elephants. And, um, and I went back quite a lot in my uni holidays and just absolutely loved the place. But I hadn't been for like 12 years. And then a friend who grew up in Newmarket, um, called Venetia Phillips, is actually now out living in Kenya. And she's quite involved in the racing scene. And she's also breeding safari horses and racehorses for a place called Sirai Stud, which is actually owned by some English people called Michael and Sarah Spencer. And they were sponsoring the Guineas Day. And they just wanted to get a bit of um, a bit of exposure for the Kenya races and um, shine a bit of a light on it. And so I jumped at the chance to go back and I got... Um, World Horse Racing to come and do some stories, um, which I think will actually be really enjoyable. They did a bit of Instagram stuff while we were there, but the stories will be will be really good. Oh, that's phenomenal. So how big is the racing scene over there? Um, <laughs> this might surprise you. They have about 80 horses in training. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know when other places complain about small fields? Well, <laughs> yes. they do struggle a little bit to get uh, decent field sizes on race days. They race every... Um, two weeks so on a Sunday every two weeks and they'd have between kind of six and eight races on a day um so look they have got a very small pool they've got uh, probably about 12 trainers only about eight or nine registered jockeys um one properly kind of commercial breeder and the rest a few kind of um hobby operations but it it actually used to be huge racing in Kenya um, I was actually given a book called 100 Years of Racing in Kenya. I'm looking through it. In 1974, Lester Piggott was there riding yeah. in, in Kenya. And supposedly, well, I was told the winner of the um, Apprentice Championship in England used to get given a, a kind of prize to go out and be based in Kenya over the winter when in the old days nothing else was going on and ride there and just be shown a really good time as well. Um, so unfortunately, it has been on the decline more recently, but I feel like now there is a lot of um, a lot of 
energy being injected into it to try and revive it. So with a, a population of only 80, uh, a, a group of 80 horses to to conduct the racing season from, how do they recruit more horses there and are the jockeys and trainers UK expats or are they locals? What's the mix like? Um, bit of a mixture. On the whole, locals. Well, they're all Kenyan, whether they're white Kenyan or, or black Kenyan. Um, the jockeys... Uh, so there's seemingly a very dominant team there. That's um, Patsy Circum, who's the trainer, and her daughter, Leslie, who's the jockey. So um, they are the number one trainers there, and they would have probably most of the, the good horses and training. And then you've got, um, what, another 10, 11 local trainers as well. And the jockeys, um, also the same. Although, interestingly, we um, chatted to a local trainer called Joseph Muya, um, who's based at um, a training, well, he's got his own place right next to Lake Nakuru National Park, which is about four hours outside of Nairobi. And his gallop is an 1,800-metre straight sand gallop, mm. uh, which is basically just the earth ploughed up, um, that runs along the fence of the national park. So the horses are going on their daily exercise with literally zebras and warthogs wow. and rhinos just the other side of the fence. It's completely mad. Anyway, his son, Henry Muya, I actually worked in England for 11 years, and he knows all the likes of Sylvester D'Souza and Paul Mulrennan and all the um, all the guys who were riding in England at the same time used to work for John Dunlop. And actually, his English was great, so we were able to get a really good sense of where racing was at in Kenya. And and it is it is small, and it is fairly limited, and to the extent that the track itself hasn't even got plastic railings, so it's mm. got wooden cedar railings with metal uprights and the starting stalls are a little bit temperamental as well so <laughs> there's loads that they need to do to kind of reinvigorate it um it's kind of a question of you know where do you start because that there's a lot to do with the event on race day to attract the attention of of people in 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 kenya basically to get them to come to the races and then you want to obviously get more people owning horses need to inject money into into the jockey club as well. And then also on the betting side of things, there's a massive tax taken on the betting. So that's pretty um, pretty limiting because it doesn't make it a very um, you know appealing thing to do mm. because you don't really get much of a return. And what's the calibre of the horse like? Uh, obviously, the winner of the, the guineas, it, it looked quite nice. It won very easily. But what, what standard do you think they're at? Good question. I'd like to see how he would compare elsewhere he's obviously undefeated but he's in kenya and he's racing against a very limited opposition he was born in south africa um and he's owned by people obviously with with a good bit of money to to inject into the into the sport um it, it would be interesting to get him to go back to south africa to race but the problem they have in kenya is that they can get horses on a flight from South Africa because the cargo plane goes that way. Mm. But there's no plane going back, basically. So unless they want to travel 12 days by road, they're kind of stuck in Kenya. There's no way out. Um, so it would be a difficult proposition to get him back to South Africa to see how he would compare. Um, I mean, I'd say probably on an English rating, maybe in the, in the, in the 80s, just, just yeah. at a guess. But that it's obviously hard to compare. And is there much prize money? No. 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 
But it's kind of relative. So to have a horse in training, it's about £400 a month. And then to win a race, on average, you get about £400. So pretty much like racing in England. Just have a few zeros. <laughs> uh, you've been to some wonderful and weird uh, racing jurisdictions all around the globe through what you've been doing in your media career. Where, where does Kenya rank and, and where's a couple of the, the stranger racing jurisdictions you've been to? Um, I think I just have a lot, of, um, a lot of love for Kenyan racing, mainly because I used to live there. I actually rode in a race at Did the you? race course back in the day. Yeah, in the ladies' town plate. <laughs> Um, I remember the saddle slipping on the way to start. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit hairy, but we made it made it round. Um, and also, the, the, it's got so much charm because, like you saw, there was actually a decent crowd yesterday, and there's a lot of energy going into 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 cultivating that. They had they had acrobats performing that they um, found at the traffic lights. That so these guys literally would pop out of traffic lights, perform, and go around, you know, cap in hand, asking for money. And they were they they were willing to come on the day for a uh, dollar each to come to the races to yeah. perform because they were so excited to be asked. Obviously, they were they were paid more than that, but they were they were phenomenal. And then there was a good emphasis on the fashion as well. They had some local um, Kenyan models all dressed up. Um, they had good uh, activities for the kids and good food stalls and all of that. Um, so the whole day was was super charming. Um, other more obscure race meetings. I suppose the white turf in St. Moritz slightly at a different end of the scale kind of financially because mm. there's a lot, lot of money there, obviously. But racing on a frozen lake in the middle of the mountains is, is pretty unique. And when they have something called ski oaring where they ski behind the horse um, around the lake in, in on like, sure. how would you say, like a kind of harness where they ski behind the horse, that's pretty nuts too. Uh, it, it sounds fascinating. I'd love to be able to take in some of those, but I'm going to be looking forward to seeing your stories and all of the coverage on world horse racing. I've seen a few snippets on social media, and it, uh, it it's just fascinating. And it's brilliant to see that in all these far-flung uh, corners of the globe that there is still that love of racing and the and the horse itself, the animal, which is a centrepiece, obviously. So, hey, Cheska, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and describe what it was like for us uh, over there, which has been brilliant. And I know it's the it's the uh, the jump season over there, the flat season, having a bit of a break. But how's everything at home going? On the racing front, yeah. Question: I don't really feel like I don't know. We were away over Christmas in South Africa. I went racing there. That was also pretty cool. Um, and then came back and pretty much feel like I went to Kenya. So um, it's ticking along. Um, I'm obviously, well, I'm still on technically maternity leave. Um, so not back on the ITV screens just yet, but I will be warming up for the return to the flat. Mm. Um, but it's actually, you know, it's been a bit tricky weather-wise because it's been really cold. Yeah. So last Saturday cooled off with the, with the frost. So that's always the challenge at this time of the year. Um, and then, yeah, just the the usual, really. Well, uh, we did speak to your brother about the uh, Kamani family reunion over there in South Africa, yeah, and his, yeah. his horses won a lot of races when he was I away. Know. So <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing well. Uh, Cheska, great to catch up. I hope the fam is well, and uh, we'll look forward to having a chat to you uh, probably a little bit closer to when the, the good flat racing returns, and hopefully we'll get to see you back here in Australia a little later this year for the spring again. Definitely. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Good on you, Cheska. Yeah, great. Great to catch up.